0: Away. Oh, say that I'm glad. From the International Headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, this is Dr. Shelton Smith and this is Making a Difference. We're delighted to have you along with us today on this Friday, the first Friday of the new year, and getting that first week behind us now, just about behind us, and looking forward to the weekend just ahead. Let me announce to you that this weekend, I'll begin a meeting in the southwest sector of Atlanta, metro Atlanta in the town of Sanoya, It's the Tri-County Baptist Church in Sanoya, and it's just a few minutes from downtown Atlanta, maybe 30 minutes or so, and I would be delighted to see many, many of our friends down in the central Georgia area to be a part of that. We'll be there Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday and look forward to having a great time together. I've been there many times over the years and look forward to this meeting just as much as anyone we've ever done. So be sure to join us Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, Tri-County Baptist Church in Senoia. Georgia. Today, I want to give you another message that's kind of geared to getting started like we need to get started in the new year. I've just tried to do some things this week that will just help us to get a focus, that will help us to get stirred up, that will help us to really get off and rolling right in the new year. And today, I want to read from Luke chapter 18, and this is the account where that the rich young ruler came to Christ, and you may remember that story. And at the end of that conversation, which I'll detail in a moment, the question was asked not just by the rich young ruler, but by others who were listening to the conversation. And they asked the question, who then can be saved? And Jesus answered and said to them, verse 27, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. So here's what we're looking at today, a basic Bible principle, a basic eternal truth, something that you need to understand. Men do have limitations, but God is illimitable. He does not have limits. All things are possible with the Lord. The backdrop on this is this young man, he was a man of some position and prominence. He is described here in the Bible as a ruler, and he was very wealthy and he came to the Lord, and he said, what do I have to do to have eternal life? And Jesus said to him, "Uh, you know the commandments. You're not supposed to commit adultery or kill or steal or bear false witness. You're supposed to honor your father and mother. And the guy said to him, he said, hey, no problem. I've done all of this. That's who I am. That's what I've done through all of my life from my youth up. I'm telling you, it's pretty interesting that that question would be answered in the way that it is answered here because Jesus is not telling him that he can earn his way to heaven. He's not telling him that he can do and do and do and thus make his way to heaven. Jesus is trying to expose to him his vulnerability. He wants him to know what he needs to do, but he's got to break down some things here first. And this guy thinks pretty highly of himself. He just feels like he has done all of the right things. So Jesus hit him with another thing when he said, okay, if that's the case, then tell you what you do. You go and sell all that you have and just give it all away. Give it to the poor. And then you come and follow me. You say, well, what is Jesus trying to say to him now? Jesus knows everything, dear friend. He knows everything. He is all-knowing, and he knows that this guy is all wrapped up in himself and in his wealth, and he's trying to get him to see that you can't get there that way. So he tells him, just take all that money that you're so happy about, so trusting in, and give it all away, and then you come and follow me. He's trying to get the young ruler to see that he needs to trust him as Savior. And yet this young man, knowing what he had heard to be true, no doubt, but at the same time, he was so wealthy and he was so wrapped up in his riches, the Bible says that he went away sorrowful because he could not bring himself to give away his money. Very rich, very proud, very pompous, no doubt, and he just could not do it. Then Jesus turned to the other folks and he said, how hard is it? for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. He said, well, a camel would more likely go through the needle's eye than for a rich man to get into the kingdom of heaven. Now you say, does that mean wealthy people can't go to heaven? Not at all. That doesn't mean that at all. But it does mean you can't just stumble over it and say, look, I'm a rich guy. God, you're just doing good to get me. No, no, no. We can't do that. We've got to lay aside every vestige of wealth, every vestige of our heritage, every vestige of our ethnicity, every vestige of our intelligence. I mean, every single thing that you might lean upon, you cannot lean upon that. You've got to come to the place where you are totally trusting the Savior, and that's what will get you to heaven. So anyway, we got all of that. And finally, There were those around who heard all of this, and they said, Well, if all of that's true, who in the world can be saved? And Jesus said to them, Well, with men, it's impossible. But with God, everything is possible. Now, folks, this is a direct answer about salvation, but it is a principle with far-reaching implications. You see, men, all men, have their limits. There are lots of things that are impossible with me, with you, with all of us powerful men, even like the president or the prime minister or some congressman or some judge, whoever people are, the governor, the mayor, people who get places of power and responsibilities, they can do some things. In fact, some of them can do things that many of us can't do. They've got power to do it. But even they, whoever they are, however powerful they are, they cannot do everything. I'm just telling you, you may wear a red t-shirt with a big S on it, like the Superman on TV But that doesn't mean that you are a Superman. It doesn't mean that you can leap tall buildings and you can't stop speeding trains with a single just standing there on the track and putting your hand up. It doesn't mean that you can fly. I'm telling you, folks, we are not able to handle all of this stuff that we need. You may do a lot of things but you cannot go to heaven your way. You cannot forgive yourself. You cannot be saved without Jesus. You cannot live the Christian life without the power of God. You cannot be faithful in the flesh until you yield yourself to the Savior. See, the impossible becomes possible with an almighty God. But whatever you and I just simply say, I will do what I can do. I'll stretch. I'll reach. I'll jump as high as I can, and I'll do everything that I can in my own strength. And when you do that, you're going to fail. You're not going to achieve the eternal goals that you need to achieve. So what we're learning here is all things are possible with God. That means when God makes a promise, his promises are real. You say, man, some of those promises, they just, man, I just can't imagine that that could be real. It is real because we have an almighty God. We do not have almighty men, but we have an almighty God. And the promises of God become very real, very precious to us whenever we see the Lord, make them come true in our life. And when you read promises in the Bible, underline them, highlight them, and camp on that and just know that you can trust the Lord to make his word true every step of the way. Second thing that I'll point out here is not only does God make his promises real, but God can hear us when we pray Now, that may seem impossible to you, and it would be impossible with men. I mean, I'm pretty amazed that I can be here at this microphone and talk to so many of you out across America and around the world because of the radio technology and the other technologies that are involved in getting the message out through radio and whatever else that we may be doing. I'm amazed at that. But to imagine that I could stand here in this same room and lift my voice toward heaven with all of the equipment shut off And the great god of heaven hears what i have to say and listens to me loves me enough that he will listen to me because i'm his child and you who are his children also have that same access to god you can pray because you have that priestly vocation given to you after that you are saved so i want you to know that this is so precious everything is possible god makes his promises real he will hear us when we pray that's all possible because God is almighty. Not only that, but he can provide for us an answer to our prayers. You know, sometimes we pray and we do it as though maybe that the Lord really doesn't have any interest or he doesn't have any way of providing for us. But you and I need to take seriously what we pray and then trust him to come through for us and to know that he will give an answer to prayer. I know sometimes we pray for huge things. And I could take some time here to tell you about some great Great things the Lord has done for us, done for the ministry here all through the years. We're grateful for the great things. But you know, most of the time what I need on any given day is not really great, huge things. But most of the time, it's just regular, ordinary things that I need, and I think probably with you as well. And when that's the case, we ought to take every single request to God and just let Him know that we're counting on Him to come through for us, things that we can't do for ourselves, He can do for us. Not only that, but, you know, the Lord can take an improbable prospect and make something really special out of Him. Who would have dreamed, for example, that a crook like Zacchaeus would be saved. You read his story there in the New Testament. I mean, that guy, he was a little man physically, but he was a giant of a crook. He absolutely was a thug of sorts and just doing all kinds of things to mistreat people and take money from people. And yet he came to Christ and he became a Christian. Who would have thought, for example, that a prominent wealthy Jew like Nicodemus would come to Christ but he did. In fact, he sought Jesus out in the dark of the night because his heart was so hungry and he was so intrigued by what he had heard about Jesus that he wanted to hear the message firsthand. And Nicodemus, I mean, he was a prominent man there in the Jerusalem area. And at the same time, he came in and listened to the Savior and was born again. And that just is absolutely amazing. I mean, who would have thought that a medical doctor, an intellectual like Luke, would come to Christ and be saved. A lot of times we have the idea, well, some of those folks, they've been so trained in humanist universities, they've had so much training that's bent toward atheism and other such things, and we have the idea, well, they won't possibly be saved. You and I need to go ahead and give them the message, tell them the truth, let them hear what they need to hear. I mean, who would have imagined that a crude fisherman like Simon Peter would make his way to the Savior. Or listen, the Savior really went to him. The Savior called him out. And here was a man, he was making a living out there on the Sea of Galilee as a fisherman, and he wasn't a tutored man. I mean, he was not somebody who had degrees uh, hanging on the wall, but he nonetheless, just as a simple country boy, we would say, he came to the Savior. Who would have imagined that he would have signed up and would have become the tremendous preacher that God made out of him? Who would have imagined that a murderer and persecutor like Saul of Tarsus would become Paul the preacher? You say, why are you reciting the brief biographies of men like Zacchaeus and Nicodemus and Luke and Simon Peter and Saul of Tarsus? I'm just reminding you that the God who is the God of the impossible does for men what men cannot do for themselves. And who would have thought, uh, let's just pick out a preacher's somebody that's going to really make an impact for God. Nobody would have said Saul of Tarsus. Nobody would have said Zacchaeus. Nobody would have said Luke or Nicodemus. No, none of that. But God takes improbable prospects and does something really, really special with them. And he can do all of that and more. In fact, just thinking about Zacchaeus and Nicodemus and these others, I'm thinking right now about some very unsavory characters that I've seen saved in my ministry through the years. Men who were, I mean, in every kind of an imaginable thing. I'm talking about thugs, organized crime figures, uh, people who were into Judaism, others who were in cults, some who were drunks and dopers and gang members and serial adulterers, all kinds of things. It looked impossible, but guess what? They listened, they heard the message, they came to Christ, their lives were transformed. And dear friend, I'm just telling you, The God who is God is the God of the impossible. He is able because he has unlimited power. Therefore, we have unlimited possibilities whenever we come to him and sign up by faith, trust him and put our life in his hands. I'm telling you, it's wonderful to know that all things are possible because of the God who is the God of the impossible thank you for being along today. It's my joy to get here at this microphone every day and spend some time with you. I do hope that you'll check us out on our website at swordofthelord.com and also write me a note. Let me know that you hear the broadcast. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Until Monday, dear friends, God bless you. Have a good weekend and a great rest of the day. Goodbye for now. (music) We'll be right back. back.